Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 222. And away we go. Break some dead shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more razor. Rick Flair needs a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shot of Wrestling. It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin himself, Mark Schwann, taking over Michael J. Putty's show. And I am joined by my childhood friend growing up. He is the Al Bundy of West Islip, Carson <laughs> Neoff. What's up, my man? Man, I appreciate the love, I guess, of Al Bundy, but Mark, listen. We have a lot to discuss today. Okay, so let's not waste any time here. Let's get right into it. Um, so, some big news in wrestling. Uh, you know, we had unfortunate passing with Bullet Bob Armstrong. Uh, rest in peace to him. He's the legendary father to the road dog, Jesse James, as we all know. Uh, very sad to hear about that. It's also in the Hall of Fame 2011. But... Breaking news. Keep in mind, everyone, we film, uh, we record, rather, on Friday nights. We just found out Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman, has passed away. We literally just found that out right now. Yo, that's huge, man. Yeah, man, it's a big loss for the acting community and obviously very sensitive times, you know, and to, to you know, lose another very successful African-American man. I mean, that obviously puts a dark cloud over not only Hollywood, but, you know, with everything that's going on now, to, you know, to, to lose somebody who actually played a role in a very powerful movie for black people, you know, in Black Panther. And, uh, you know, that's it's unfortunate news. Uh, very, very tragic, man. I mean, 43 years old. I, I had no idea. I thought he was younger than that. Plus, I had no idea he had colon cancer. Needs to die. I was. I found that out after I heard that how he passed away. So right, because you know, I, I heard the news. Like you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away. I'm like, what? Huh? Did I have COVID? Did he, did did something happen? Did was he a shooting, or did, did he get run over, or what? What happened? Uh, yeah. But colon cancer, man. Wow. He's apparently he's been battling this for. For years, you know, I have to say, you know, as an actor myself, you know, working on film, it's it's a long, grueling schedule, right? And when you're number one on the call sheet, as he has been for Black Panther and for multiple other roles, but you know that that's just that's 16 hour days, man. And the yeah. fact that he's been he was able to take that on, uh, going through what he was going through, it just speaks volumes to. The talent that he was, and just the person he was altogether. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right, man. You bring up a lot of good points, and all the hard work it takes to get there. And like I said, very unfortunate news. No, very sad, man. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Two, two big passings this week. This is not how I really want to start off the show for Shot of Wrestling, but dude, I, 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 I was blown away, man. I, I couldn't help but talk about it right now with you. I, I want, I want to like get under your skin about it, talk about fantasy football. We were in the same league, but. I'd feel weird doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and another thing too. I mean, he played uh, he played Jackie Robinson in forty two. And today, as That's we're recording, today is Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, no, very sad, man. But Carson, I, I I'm going to do my best to segue as we can into the news. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, Carson, so some big news coming from NXT. Karrion Cross was forced to drop the NXT Championship after suffering apparently a separated shoulder at TakeOver against his match in, uh, with Keith Lee. Uh, apparently, it seems to be worse uh, than just a separated shoulder, uh, according to the MRI. This past Tuesday, uh, well, this coming Tuesday, actually, is going to be a fatal four-way uh, in an Ironman match. First time ever. It's going to determine a new champion. It's going to be Gargano versus Ciampa versus Balor versus Adam Cole, baby. All former NXT champions. Uh, Carson, who do you have? I got to go to Finn Balor here. I think Finn Balor, um, you know, gets back to the top of the mountain. It was kind of weird seeing him in a not saying NXT, uh, not saying opener for you know NXT Takeover is a bad thing. You know, it's always if you're not on the last match, they always say you want to be on the first match, right, on the card. But um, it, it feels weird seeing him go from WWE to NXT and then you know, still without you know not still but you know at NXT Takeover 30, uh, not even wrestling for gold. So I found it a little weird. I think I think maybe we get his push. You know, uh, Champa little heel turn possibly we're seeing, right? I mean, I think you'd be my second guess. Yeah, I mean, these are all great choices. I, I, I personally think it's going to be Adam Cole. You know, he, he just had a historic run. He's obviously the top guy in NXT. It uh, seems like they maybe they're gearing him towards a push into the main event, uh, to the main roster. But I, after what just happened, obviously it's going to be a change of plans. Uh, Keith Lee going to the main roster obviously shakes things up a bit as well. You know, I, I do have to ask though, how bad does this hurt the character of Karrion Cross? It's unfortunate. You know, we saw it happen to Finn Balor after SummerSlam a couple of years ago, uh, and, and it, it just it just takes all the life out of the balloon. You know, I mean, it's I mean he, he was on fire. You know, he was on fire, and, right. and and obviously he gets the biggest victory in his career, and then you know something like this unfortunately happens, and you can tell during the match, you, you can tell he's favoring that shoulder, and I was very actually impressed. I know he just did an interview after after Takeover saying that he wanted to prove to everybody that he's made out for this business at this level, and that's why he you know he chose to continue and still did the spot off the top rope with the suplex, and think about it, he picking up Keith Lee off that with a shoulder that was already separated. And I know it kind of looked ugly at the end there. Probably didn't get as much as much impact as he wanted, you know, with uh, how they ended the match. But, I mean, just the fact that he went out there, he finished it. Uh, and that's something Triple H would do. You know, when Triple H tore his quad in 2001, what did he do? He had Jericho put him in the walls of Jericho still with a torn quad on the announcer's table. So, you know, he showed some heart. He, he's definitely a top guy in NXT. And I'm looking forward for his return. I really am. No, so there's no doubt about that. I mean, Karrion Cross, he worked in the indies quite a bit. And I, I know a few guys that worked him. And they all said the same thing. I mean, the man is, is tough. He's a very tough guy. He's a good guy. He's a good worker to work with. Obviously, highly respected in WWE. Seems like a lot of the officials backstage have nothing but high praise for him. Especially right away, Karrion Cross seems like you blinked an eye, and all of a sudden he was NXT champion. I, you know, the, the guy just—he—he's a main eventer. You can see it. You know, he—he's—he's got this—he's got the move set. He's—he's got the—he's got the look. He's got the charisma. There's just something about him that you know you—you you just all eyes just go towards him. Uh, it's very unfortunate. I hope uh, that this injury doesn't set him back, uh, or even his character back, because his character is somewhat. 
I don't necessarily know, like paranormal, but not. I, I don't necessarily know otherworldly. I, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but uh, you he know, has the, he has the best entrance right now in all of wrestling, in my opinion. Hands yes, down, I'm putting that over the theme. I'm putting, and I'll tell you right now, Scarlett makes that. Scarlett helps so much with that character. Totally, Everything totally from does. From her facial expressions to the way she enters the ring, that. That ambiance that you feel when he's making that entrance, you have to love all that, man. And think about it. You need that in order to get over it in 2020. Oh, 100%. 100%. You can't Joe coming down the aisle. You need to have that ambiance about you. And, uh, you know, the, Bray Wyatt made adjustments. And then the, the, you know, the Fiend, amazing. You know, everyone loves everyone loves the Fiend. Well, not Michael J. Putty. Putty does not like the Fiend. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> but going on... That's this Tuesday coming up. NXT, uh, NXT, huge fight feel. I'm pumped for it. But moving on. So Pro Wrestling Illustrated, they released their cover for a PWI 500 issue. Very exciting stuff. I, I have the top 10 right here. At 10, we have AJ Styles. Number 9, Kofi Kingston. 8, Seth Rollins. 7, Cody Rhodes. 6, Kazuchika Okada. 5, Tetsuya Naito. Four, Drew McIntyre. Three, Chris Jericho. Two, Adam Cole, baby. And number one, the cover, the AEW champion, John Moxley. Carson, did they get it right here? Part of me still wants to put. Part of me wants to have Adam Cole ahead of Moxley. I'm just a big, big Adam Cole mark. You know, like I said, it reminds me closest thing to Shawn Michaels. You know, you know, maybe Dolph Ziggler, but he deserves it. He deserves it. You know, he had a he had a less rough couple of years in WWE because he should have been. You know. He should have been booked better. He should have been a top guy like he is in AEW. And you know what? He switched promotions. And you know what he did? He took AEW and he's helped along with Jericho make that a must-watch TV show every Wednesday night. I love what he's doing. I'm looking forward to his match with MJF coming up. You know, so he, he certainly deserves it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him there at number one. You know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And it's not like I'm not a John Moxley fan. I do like John Moxley. I even liked his work as Dean Ambrose, but you can definitely tell John Moxley, uh, he's enjoying himself more in AEW. He doesn't have the shackles on. He's more loose. He's more himself. Uh, he's basically he's basically what Stone Cold Steve Austin was calling him out to be uh, on his podcast uh, now that he's in AEW. But number one out of 500 wrestlers in the world and then some, I don't know, man. I, I think he does belong in the top 10. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, one can make an argument for Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has been consistently doing everything he can to put AEW on the map. You know, even on commentary, the, the man rocks. Uh, one can make an argument for even maybe even Drew McIntyre. You know, Drew yeah. McIntyre, he's not getting um, necessarily the praise he probably should. He's a fantastic champion during a shitty time in wrestling. Uh, carrying the company on his back. Making people care. One can make an argument for him. You know, it's it's tough. Adam Cole, obviously, you know, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. This is tough, man. This is really tough. I mean, John Moxley. I I don't necessarily know if I'd put him above everyone I just named. Hell, I might even put Orange Cassidy above John Moxley right now. Yeah, I mean, yo, I will sit here and make an argument for Randy Orton right now because I'll tell you one thing. He has. I. This is. This is. This is some of Randy Orton's best work I've seen. You know, in 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 the last ten years, and that's not a knock on his career because he's done great things every time. You know, he takes the ring every time. He he always makes storylines so believable, especially when he's a heel. 
what he's done, and, and I and I like to look at the pandemic era right now because yeah. that is the time where we need the absolute best from every single wrestler out there right now, especially WWE, AEW. You know, we need the best because you have to make up for not having the crowd. You have to make up for, you know, you're making your own energy out there, really. You know, outside the announcement, you're making your own energy. You have to get yourself over without much fan reaction. And, and Randy Orton, man, this is some of the best work he's done in the last 10 minutes. I mean, I argue that maybe his career. His whole considering career. Considering where I, he is. I, I agree. I would say his whole career because I, I am shocked that he's not even in the top 10. Because Randy exactly. Orton, you're right, what he's doing, he's it's old school wrestling. You know, you can do all the flashy moves all you want in the ring. You don't have a crowd. You're not going to get a pop. So how do you yeah. make people invested into these storylines? You create storylines. You create storylines that people are going to tune into every single week. You slow it down in the ring. You teach these young kids how to wrestle and how yes. to make people care and to invest into your character. And that's what Randy Orton has done. Kudos to him. And he's getting robbed here, in my opinion, from PWI 500. But I, I real fast. Well, that's go, the first thing I noticed. Not to interrupt you, but that's the first thing I noticed, that he was not in the top 10 there. It's a shame. And that shocked me. No, that, that, that's a shame. If anything, you're right. I think he could make a claim to be number one right now. Uh, real fast, though, I do want to give some love to some people that made the PWI 500 that I've worked with or I've interacted with during my short time here in the pro wrestling world. Uh, Faye Jackson uh, making some history here, 160. Richard Holiday, I interviewed recently on Shot of Wrestling, making 198. 199, Joe Gacy, I worked with him. Uh, as Eric Jaden defeated him at BCW. Darius Carter, 337. <laughs> Darius Carter, me and him have a lot of history together. You know what? I do pay him some respect. The longest reigning BCW champion of all time. I, and then Joey Ace at 453. Uh, Joey Ace, I have some history with him in the Pancourt. Talented individual. All of them tremendously talented. Even though I may have some decorated history here with especially Darius Carter, I can't believe I'm giving love to you right now. But moving on. So Carson, WWE is on a contract with Amway until October 31st, Halloween. They're paying Orlando $200,000 to rent the arena. The WWE has an option to negotiate long-term or even short-term within a two-week notice. But meanwhile, in AEW, you see a dynamite this past week. We saw fans return. There were 600 fans that were allowed there uh, in attendance. They all had to get their temperatures checked. Upon entry and their seats, they followed the social media social distance guidelines there. Why isn't WWE following suit? Why, why are they sticking with the Thunderdome for as long as they are? Well, because the Thunderdome was one of the more expensive things at WWE. You know, that wasn't that wasn't cheap. You know, two hundred K, two hundred K to rent that out to October. I mean, that's a discount right there. Yeah. Uh, but then again, well, I don't know what else they had to, how much it was for the whole production. It was, it was, yeah, it, it was one of the most financially, one of the most expensive WWE has done in a couple of years. And, I mean, that's, that's think, just think about the setup. That's a lot of money just to give us more of an, uh, more of an like an immersive experience as a fan. It costs a lot of money, and they want to get the most out of it. And also, I heard when fans do return, um, you know, when fans are officially allowed to return, and you know, they're able to pack out arenas again. The Thunderdome's not going to go away. It's not necessarily going to be used, but it's going to be something that WWE, just in case, will always be able to go back to. Uh, it was a huge investment uh, from the company, and they want to get the absolute most out of it. And and I'll be honest, man, it's one of the best things, at least I thought, one of the best things WWE has done. You know, they, they beat AEW on this one, I thought. You well, know, they, there they, is no beating WWE in production value. I, no you, you, you can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. Uh, WWE is just so far advanced. They have so much more equity. 
they just they they mastered it. You know, it, 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 it's like it's like a brand new TV show trying to top Law and Order's shooting schedule. You, you're not going to do it. Yeah. They, they've been around forever. You know, so there's no taking that away. I mean, I had some knocks on it in the last show about the Thunderdome about the sound quality. I think they've improved on that since then uh, in a very short time. Uh, so they're working out the kinks. Yeah, well, it gives them yeah it, it it gives them the option to pump in that you know that extra crowd noise too. Uh, you know, because sometimes we're pumping the crowd noise when there's only 25 people watching. Now you have entire all the screens packed out. It gives them the option of pumping some fan noise. I get it. It works. It works. And and my, and my question to you, I wanted to ask. Do you think do you think WWE resorts? To, I don't want to say resort, but do you think they create the Thunderdome if AEW did not beat them at first in March in terms of giving the you know the wrestlers ringside first? Do you no, think? I, I don't know, man. I mean, is this a one up? You think from 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 they lost the first battle of AEW in terms of the pandemic and how they were doing production there? Is this a one up now? Is this is this their little victory? I mean, if you're going to beat AEW or you're going to beat any other promotion that's trying to go against you, WWE has to go to what they do best, and that's production value. I, I don't necessarily know how long this was in the works. This, sound, this doesn't sound like it was like on the whim, but like, oh, AEW's beating us, let's try this. This sounds like this may have been in the works for a while. You know, like just finding a way of like getting it done. So, I mean, kudos to WWE for making that happen. I, as far as that two-week notice goes, the fact that AEW is bringing fans back, you know, Vince McMahon's dying to have people back there in the arena. I don't see them going past October 31st at all with this. Do you? I mean, we were in March, and I, I, I said fans will be back for SummerSlam, and here we are. So I have no timetable on anything, man. <laughs> True. True. What, what is time nowadays, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I'm just hoping that we have fans in Hollywood next year for WrestleMania, man. That's, that's my next timeline I want to hit. Dude, I, I'm just hoping movies come back. I, I, yeah. here, here I am. I'm still on a, on a place schmuck here hosting a podcast show in place of Michael J. Putty. Uh, that's my biggest gig right now. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of my gigs coming up, I do have one. September 5th in Atlantic City at the showboat. Honestly, Carson, I'm really pumped for this, man. I, I've been in the Indies. This is my second year in there. And uh, I actually just had an interview with the master himself, the man behind the cloth who owns BCW telling us more about the upcoming show. So I'm just gonna let the man do the talking for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest here today. He is a close personal friend of mine. And I honestly have to say, I wouldn't be in professional wrestling without this man right here. He is the owner, the promoter, the man behind BCW Bree Combination Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Anthony. Cole. <laughs> hey, Mark, thank you for that introduction, man. Thank you for having me. No. How are you? Thank you for making time out of your busy day. You have a big show coming up, so I'm glad you cleared some time uh, to come on our show for Shot of Wrestling. It means a lot to me, but I am doing great. How are you awesome. doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm back on the official podcast of BCW, so I have to be doing great, you know? Hell yeah, man. Bring the shades, bring the smile, looking trimmer. You look great, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've been working out a little bit, trying to get myself together. It's like this you quarantine know? never happened. <laughs> right. You know, the quarantine was tough, but I made the best of it. So. And you're coming uh-huh. back in a big way. So, Anthony, so BCW, the four-year anniversary, it's finally happening. Finally. Months finally. in the making. We've been talking about yes. it for a while. Uh, the pandemic obviously screwed things up, our original plans, but hell, we're coming back bigger and better. The showboat. Bigger and better, baby. 
You know, the pandemic may have slowed us down, but it can't stop us. We're rolling right along, and we're rolling right into the showboat. Saturday, September 5th. Oh, my God, yeah. It's this Saturday coming up. So tell me, what which match on there are you looking forward to the most? Uh, you know what? I... <laughs> I have been wanting to crown my tag team champion since December 2019, right? We we have a fully stacked card, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Sasujin's own Chris Barton, Dominic De Niro take on Ugly Ducklings, Rob Killjoy, and Lance Luke. Oh, man. You know, and, and, I, and I was thinking about Sasujin, like, you know, Chris and Dom, they came to BCW because we put out a, a message on Instagram saying, you know, who you guys want to see? Who do you want to see in BCW? Chris and Dom came in and I must say, they, they've impressed me. Mm. You know, they came in and they were a little green, but they were determined to do their training every week to get better, get polished. Dom lost weight. Chris lost a lot of weight. You know, these guys are taking it serious. And that's something that really impressed me. And their first time at BCW was against, ironically, the Ugly Ducklings. And they got, you know, they got smashed. I wouldn't say uh, smashed. I've seen a match. (laughs) Well, maybe not smashed, but let's just say their inexperience got the best of them. Because the Ugly Ducklings, you know more polished in the ring, know how to, you know, just maneuver a little bit better than Chris and Dom at the time. And I'm sure Ugly Ducklings have gotten a lot better as well. So there's going to be one, there's going to be one to see. Well, I'm let, looking forward to let it. me tell you personally, I, you know me, I mean, Chris Barton, Dominic Dino, they're my boys. Uh, I represent them being a manager of the Satsujin squad. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking with them this whole time. Listen, they've had the Ugly Ducklings on their mind for a very long time. I, you know, that match we talked about before, that was before my time in professional wrestling. Uh, I've seen a match since, but ever since then, I mean, they've been talking about that nonstop, about that loss. And I've seen a progression firsthand of Barton De Niro as a tag team. And in my mind, they are the best tag team in wrestling today. Uh, just their innovation, their style, and their just their willpower to get better and better and better, to learn from every match. Even if they won, they want to learn from their any mistakes that they had in that match just so they can be better. They want to be perfect. And I don't necessarily know, and no disrespect to the Ugly Ducklings, as good as they are, as entertaining as they are, I just don't know if they have what it takes to beat East Coast this time. The mm. Satsuji Squad. I okay. just don't think they do. <laughs> you know what, Mark? All, all I can say is only time will tell. But I'm just as excited as you are because I, I, I see this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, there's nothing more that I want to see than Dom and Barton wear the tag team gold. I, I want to be in their ring celebrating with them. I want to be popping a bubbly after the show <laughs> celebrating. I want to have a kick-ass time, especially in Atlantic City, baby. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be big. Oh, yeah. That's going to be big. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. But we're also going to have some special appearances for this show, too, right? Yes, yes. We got, uh, for the first time ever, making his BCW debut, Ace Romero, AC Baby, taking on a Jurassic Juggernaut. Vince Steele. Oh, that's another one. That's going to be a slobber knocker right there. Now, is the ring going to be reinforced for this? Because I I don't know. It has to be. There's no choice. (laughs) One body slam. That ring is gone. Finito. 
That might be might, that might have to be the main event just to just in case. <laughs> just in case, right? You know, <laughs> can't have that that match if then everybody else has to do a no ring match because the ring is gone. <laughs> oh, I just heard that Ace Romero is saying that he lost over a hundred pounds. Oh, really? So, I didn't know that. So th- that man's going to be able to move right now. Vince Steele has to prepare yeah. for that. He's got to be ready. We also have JTG in the house. Yes, sir. JTG is in the house. Prime time. Mm-hmm. Big time, he's coming in, yeah. See what we're going to do with him, you know. Still putting the ink to the paper to make something special happen with JTG. Okay. And then, of, and then of course, you know who's coming back. One of my favorites, Faye Jackson. You know, the last time we saw her at Queen of the North 2, she was injured. She was unable to compete, but that injury has, uh, you know, been 100% healed up. She's cleared to go. So uh, can't wait to see her back in action as well. Absolutely, and one of the first women also in the PWI 500. And news yes. that just broke out this week. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. I, congrats to her. I, definitely a, a huge ass at the BCW. Great first women's champion. Indeed, yes. So, very proud of her. So, Mr. Cole, who is Faye going to face then? Ah, well, that's the thing, right? Faye has been on the road. And she has made it clear that she wants all competitors, men and women. So I figured since it'll be her first time back in a BCW ring, let's put her against somebody that's going to challenge her. So I'm putting her against PCA's own, Ray Kalitri. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, yes, indeed. listen, I, I mean, I have my own differences with uh, the, with Pancor. Uh, so, <laughs> I know. I know so you do. It brings a smile on my face to see you know, Ray get squashed <laughs> by Faye Jackson. I, I, I can't wait yeah, for that. Yeah, I think she's going to hurt him. How, how does the governor feel about this? Have you, have you talked to the governor uh, about well, it? Well, you know what? The governor has actually been texting me since he found out I was on Shadow Wrestling Podcast, but I got to send the governor the voicemail right now. You know, <laughs> I told the governor, when the president calls, the governor answers. But when the governor calls the president, eh, you know, it's subjective. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've seen that in real life as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. I have to ask, though, this whole governor mm-hmm. nonsense. I mean, what 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 is AJ the governor of really? I mean, does he does he have any real authority here? I mean, unfortunately, he does have real authority. Oh, you come know, on. there was some documents put in place, and if you know AJ met certain criteria, he would have gotten the opportunity to be the governor. Now, when I when I spoke and said that this would happen, I had no idea that AJ was actually going to be able to accomplish those tasks. But he did. So I have to honor the fact that AJ is now, and has been for about a year, if not more, the governor of BCW. That doesn't even roll off my tongue right. No, I feel a little nauseous after hearing yeah. that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and Lord knows he's listening right now, and he, he, the, size, <laughs> the size of his head is just filling the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe it. Um, but he earned it, so... I have to honor it. Has he? Has he, though? Has oh, he? Man. He did. He met the criteria. And I hate to say it, but, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. He did it. <laughs> now, well, you know, I, I have to say, professional opinion aside, I, AJ, I have learned a lot from him. So much respect to Mr. Mm-hmm. AJ Pan right there. This leads me to Darius Carter. 
the world heavyweight champion. Mm. What do you have in store for him? Mm. You know, I know a lot has changed since our original card. Yes. You know, you, you can't have an anniversary show without the world heavyweight champion, especially a record-setting world heavyweight champion such as Darius Indeed. Carter. Indeed. And, um, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with Darius Carter. I've had Jimmy J reach out to Darius several times. And at the end of the last curtain call, if you happen to catch that, Darius called in towards the end of the show, and he said that, you know, since we don't have a formidable opponent for him at the moment, he's not going to do a match. Oh, stop He's going to come, and instead of it being a celebration of the four years of BCW, it's going to be a celebration of DC. Because in his own words, and I quote, there would be no BCW without DC. <laughs> so he says, BCW is DC. He put the company on his back, and he carried it, and he did this and that. So instead of being in a match, he's just going to be there to celebrate, not BCW, but to celebrate DC. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Formidable <laughs> opponent, though. Formidable. We have Rick Recon. As you Indeed. know, Anthony yes. Cole, I, I, I have some grievances here with this. He has proven himself time and time and time and time again. The man is a stud. I, yes. I, I released a promo the other day. It said he is a workhorse and he is a show horse. He looks the part and he backs it up in the ring. The man yes, just looks like a champion. Former little opponent. Hello. I know. I know. Yeah. Card subject to change. So things may have to change. I've been looking at Rick. I've been looking at a couple of other people on the roster. And, you know, Darius claimed on the curtain call that there's no one on the BCW roster that could even hold a candle to him. Mm. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to have to make sure that Davis eats those words come uh, anniversary four. Uh, well, I, so I am personally looking ready. forward to seeing him get punched in the face. You know how I feel about Darius Carter. Listen, <laughs> he, he he proves himself time and time again how great he is in the ring. He really is. There, there's no touching him in that ring, but listen... Every man can be beat. He's not a god. He's not even a demigod. He's someone that's just really good at what he does. But right. on any given day, in that ring, you can get beat. So Darius Carter, I, I, I hope I, I hope he really buys into this hype. I hope he's drinking his own Kool-Aid because that's going to be his downfall for sure in the future. And I hope mm-hmm. for sure it winds up at being anniversary for somehow, some way. <laughs> okay. Time will tell. We'll see because he is getting the- – He's getting out there. I mean, he's always been out there, but oof. Something's got to bring him down a bit. Right. How are you going to tell me you're not doing a match? You're not defending the title. You're just coming to celebrate yourself. Mm. I hear that. <laughs> Disgrace of a champ. Disgrace of a champ. Mm. It's, it's not taking calling. anything away from him in the ring. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, listen, I have my own grievances with him when he, when he decided to put his hands on me. That's it. That's all right. I'm going to at that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mr. Cole, I want to go on to you right now. You know, we, we talked a lot about Anniversary 4, how it's going to be a great show at the showboat. We have tickets on sale, right? Tickets on sale now, yes. Tickets on our sale right, right now at Eventbrite. Uh, so I want to go on to you. You, are, I don't necessarily know of any other real uh, black promoters out there in professional wrestling, in the indie world especially. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, does that mean anything to you at all right now? You know what? When I first came into the industry, and, um, you know, I never thought about it. I never thought about um, me being a black promoter, me being a, 
black business owner. I was just a business owner. But then as time went on, I started to notice that people would come to me and they would say things like, like just what you said, you know, it's so great to have an African-American promoter that is about integrity, about honesty, you know, none of the nonsense that you hear about that goes on in this industry. And I just prided myself on being, you know, an honest businessman. And I, I always want to keep it that way. And I, I never, you know, thought about being African-American in this business. But when people reach out to me, I realize now that it does mean a lot that even though I had planned on it, I am the one setting the standard for other African-Americans that will come, you know, into this industry as well. And I, I, I take that mantle. I want to be the one guy that says, look, if you're going to be in this business and you want to be honest and you want to run a great company, look at the example that Anthony Cole has said. I want people to look at me and be that guy, you know, and I'm happy about that. I, I, I love that position. And I'm going to wear that badge with pride because I, I am going to set the standard. I am going to let people know that, you know, we are smart enough, we are strong enough, and we can come together. We can do this as a joint venture. It doesn't have to be always crabs in a barrel where I'm trying to get to the top and other people are pulling me down. Let's get to the top together, you know? No, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I believe, honestly, being a part Latino myself, you know, I, I believe that representation matters. You know, and, uh, you know, when a little boy, a little girl of color sees a man in your position, you know, they, they see hope. They see hope for a, a huge future because just to be in WWE or in WCW at that time um, as a minority was a big deal. To be a champion was, was to be the goal, but no one, no one's ever thought to be necessarily a promoter in the business. Because uh, right. you don't really see that representation out there. And to me, I think that's a big deal. Thank you, man. It is a big deal. Now, when, when I think about it, and like I said, the people have, that have talked to me about it and the respect that they give me for what I do. And like I said, this, is, this isn't something that, you know, I'm forced to do. It's just natural. It comes natural to me. The way I am, you know me, Mark. Like, you know how we met. And I, I'm, I'm Anthony Cole on screen, off screen. Whenever you see me, whenever you talk to me, I'm the same guy. You know what I mean? And I want people to understand that, like, the way I run this company from the top down is the way I am in real life. So everything that we do, we do it because it means a lot to us. And and I want to make sure that everybody that's part of BCW, you know, feels comfortable, feels safe, feels happy being a part of this show, man, because it just means so much to me. And you guys mean so much to me as well. So thank you. No, just, yeah, you are you are a very hands-on promoter. I have to say, so it, it it always brings a lot of joy for me when I work with BCW, especially our relationship. You know, it brings me back. I mean, you are a man of opportunity in my eyes, and like I, I've seen it time and time again uh, just by working with you. But I myself, I'm a prime example of that. My very first uh, indie wrestling show as a performer uh, was at LAW, if you remember, mm -hmm. uh, two years yes. ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was the start of the whole Satsujin squad, or at that time, the Saiyan squad, the war with LAW. Yes. And then me and you just got, got to talking. Because it was talking right. It was your first time getting involved, too, in a, in a storyline, as I remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did the, the, the invasion at LAW, which was great. That was the first day I met you, and that was the first day you introduced me 
at LAW, which was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. No, and I, I am so grateful for the opportunity he gave me because, uh, honestly, I mean, Frankie Flo, he did bring me in, so I owe a lot to him as well. But you kept me in the business, being uh, putting me with Eric Jaden, putting me with Dom and Chris and Rick and Naya. You know, it, it, it's just been such an awesome ride. I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I first got into professional wrestling, but, man, it's been a lot of fun, and I owe it all to you, my man. <laughs> oh, man, Mark, you deserve it, man. You came in. You impressed me. You know, you started training. Uh, again, you were another one of the guys that showed me you were taking this serious, and that's what we were looking for, people that just didn't do it for a payday, people that did it for the love of it, and you were one of those guys. It's always been a pleasure to work with you, and I look forward to many, many more years of working with you, man. Hell yeah, so, man. Hell yeah, absolutely. Um you know, this year felt like five years personally, so I feel aged and I feel grizzled. I feel like a veteran right now, but I'm not. I'm still a rookie in my eyes. But I, I do have to ask, Anthony, mm-hmm. um, I, I see it with, with you when you bring in like new people to BCW. Uh, you, you've given so many people opportunities. What do you see? Like, what, what, How do you evaluate these people when you bring in? Like, uh, What's a big thing for you when you – do you just bring on everybody or do you meet that's cool or do you bring on – is there something special that you see in them? Uh, it's, it's always, it's, it's two things. First of all, it's timing, right? Like a lot of times, if we're looking for new people, um, someone will just hit me at the right moment and that'll be exactly what I'm looking for. And then other times, it's about the presentation. I get emails, I get resumes from people all the time and I go through these emails and resumes and I look at stuff and I look for those key things like you know i don't know about other promoters but when i first came into this business i would look at wrestlers and i'll say oh wow he did a great move off the top rope and that was very impressive and stuff like that but then i started to say you know what if i look at 10 guys of the 10 six of them can do a nice move off the top rope but how would you as a sportsman right if you lose this match are you going to lose gracefully are you going to be able to still get yourself over even after taking a loss? Like, what is your, your in-ring performance is great, but what is your out-of-the-ring performance about as well? Mm. You know what I mean? So a lot of factors come into play when I bring people in. Because when I bring people in, it's like opening the door to my home. And I'm not just going to let anybody in my home. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about BCW. So when you come into BCW, always know that there's something that I found to be great about you. And that's why you're here. You no, know? That, that's awesome. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying, like, anybody can hit a moonsault. Not everybody can hit a moonsault. But, you know, like, there, there's so many people that can pull off, like, different moves. Like, move so well in the ring. Uh, but, you know, it's just that extra something that goes a long way. You know, what is your character? What, who is your persona? Do you have even a social media presence? Does, does that something you look at, too, a social media oh, presence? Oh, yeah, definitely. That plays a big part. Yeah, because, like, each wrestler is a celebrity in their own right. And if you want to claim to be a celebrity, you have to have a following. You have to be engaging. You have to have people wanting to be around you, wanting to know what your next move is. You have to basically have people wanting more of you. And if you don't have that, like, that's a big part of being a wrestler, being an entertainer in any industry. And, you know, you got to be able to get people to rally behind you. You got to get people to support your cause. And without that, I don't know how you're going to make it in this industry. 
you know, because that's a very big part of it. No, absolutely. I mean, when I first got into entertainment, period, it was something that was drilled into me because I wasn't a big social media guy uh, back in the day. It was so long ago. And, uh, you know, it was it was stressed to me from a brand manager that I had that uh, he was just saying about social media, social media, social media. It's a way to network and also to market yourself. You know, eventually I found my way. You know, I started to have fun with it, you know, because it just felt very forced and not organic. It was like, you know, this is me yeah. branding. But... Yeah, in all facets of entertainment, it's so important to get your name out there somehow, mm -hmm. some way, and creating a brand for yourself. And it's a great yeah. way to network as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you use it right. Yeah. I think that's I, the I'm thing. just like you, right. Mark. I hated social media. I didn't want to do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, none of that. And I'm still confused by many of it, like TikTok. I hear so much about TikTok. Everybody's TikToking. I have no idea what TikTok is. Never been on it. I mean, you know Irvin, Irvin Diaz. Yeah. He's always telling me, he's like, oh, look at my TikTok. Look at my TikTok. I'm like, Irvin, I don't know what TikTok is. He's like, oh, come on. Ant, I love TikTok, on. man. See, I, I have no idea. You know? I would say BCW should get a TikTok, but by the time this interview airs, TikTok may no longer be a thing, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. But, you know, Anthony, nice little segue here. Uh, where can we find uh, social media platforms for BCW? Oh, BCW is on Instagram at Bree Combination Wrestling. We're on social media as Bree Combination as well. And on Twitter, we're Bree underscore Combination underscore Wrestling. You can find us on all of that, and you can find us on YouTube under Bree Combination Wrestling as well. Boom. Awesome. So we're, we're everywhere. Thank yes. you so much for that, Anthony Cole. So, and also, for September 5th, where can everyone find the tickets? Uh, you can find tickets on Eventbrite, or you can call the BCW office directly at 347-446-5142. All right. Mr. Anthony Cole, ladies and gentlemen, will you be joining us for last call? Of course. All right. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We will have Anthony Cole for last call. You are the man. I bow to you. But going back uh, to the studio for thank you. TV Takedown. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And you know what? Before we go, I know there's a lot of people that I want to give a shout-out to, but one person in particular, Frankie Flo. Frankie, if you're out there, give me a call, bro. I haven't talked to you in a minute. Hope all is well. Much love to Frankie Flo. Again, another huge presence as to why I'm in professional wrestling. Yes. So you can either thank him or hate him for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe a little bit of both. I feel the same way sometimes. This industry is so crazy, but I love it so much. It's like unbelievable. Well, yes. You know? Much love to Frankie Flo. But meantime, yes. Going back to TV Takedown with myself and Carson Ehoff. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Ooh, man. I cannot wait for September 5th. It's this Saturday at the Showboat. Big night for the Satsujin Squad. Carson, what do you think, man? You going to go to Atlantic City? I'm going to try my best to get there, baby. Oh, man. It's going to be a party, baby. I got some more information for you afterwards, but it's TV Takedown. A lot to talk about in wrestling in general. First off, we're going to go with NXT TakeOver 30. Carson, what was your takedown moment for that? My takedown moment from that was shout out to Pat McAfee. Mm. Can we actually go? And, and, and here's why, I, here's why I'm, I'm actually, I was ecstatic when that match was over. Because how many times have we seen somebody taken from Hollywood or somebody taken from the professional sporting world? put him into a ring, and the results are like, eh, he showed us some shit in that match. That was the best celebrity match 
uh, yes! if you could call it celebrity, uh, the best celebrity match I've seen. Um, that My is, biggest takedown is that he looked like he belonged. Yeah. And, he, and I think he needs to have a future in that company. He's at home right now. He really is. No, absolutely. I, I, I love listening to his, his, his podcast. He's very entertaining. Pat McAfee, it just seems like a natural in the wrestling world. You know, Michael J. Putty and I were talking last week how he just belongs. You know, he talks to talk. He's got a good look to him. Uh, he's got a great physique for a punter. And and, yes. and then uh, you see what he does at Takeover. I mean, I, I was blown away. My jaw was to the floor. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that that's my takedown mo- moment for Takeover as well. I mean, and and, and they, they also tell a good story with him because punter in the NFL. What's his finisher? You know, he's a, a very Randy Orton esque punt. Yeah, and it's that that and it makes it just so realistic for me because there's so many of these celebrities that come in or sports athletes that come in they don't look like they belong but they're there for the entertainment value which is awesome you know it's, it's sometimes it's like you know when Shaquille O'Neal came to Raw you know a couple of years ago or, or years back you know and, and I think we clothesline somebody over the top rope I'm like all right that was cool to watch but like he doesn't, he doesn't belong Pat McAfee looked like he's been wrestling for the last 15 years man fantastic athlete man fantastic even the way he sold. Even the way he sold. Yeah. The facial expressions, it was all there. The dude was a natural. He, he's better than a, a lot of people I, I, I've seen. Uh, and he cut a hell of a promo. So, yeah, both of us, Pat McAfee, obviously the biggest takeaway from TakeOver. Put hey, him he, on the 500. <laughs> put him on the 500. 501, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's an ongoing joke. Uh, all right. So then we both agree there. So moving on to SummerSlam. Carson, what do you got? Well... My takeaway from SummerSlam kind of coincides with what happened tonight. Because uh, obviously the biggest takeaway from there is Roman Reigns making his return. The entire world waiting five days to see, is he heel, is he face? What is he, a tweener? Oh no, he, did we get our answer tonight? Well, okay, before you get into that, I, I have to ask, did you see it coming? I did not. No, same here. I have I to agree, not. same here. I did not see that coming. I, I ex- And I knew, but I knew something was up. Because I'm like, okay, this match just ended... I'm like, there's something that's got to happen. Now, I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be Otis cashing his Money in the Bank briefcase. I thought it was going to be Alexa Bliss. To. I thought it was going to be Alexa Bliss because they, they've been leading to that. They've been they've been teasing that. Uh, I, I was heavily invested into it because that yeah. whole aspect made it much more interesting. I yes. was a little bit disappointed it wasn't it. I even thought at one point it might be Retribution. But Roman Reigns didn't see it coming at yeah. all. Well played by WWE because it's very rare when we get surprised. Exactly. And it was, and I, I think how they bounced off that, playing it the right way right now. And I, like you said with Alexa Bliss, it's trending that direction. I cannot wait to see when they make the official move or, or, or seeing what, you know, what what's in store down the road for Bliss and the, and the Fiend. Um, we might see a payback. So I, I don't know. But Carson, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you. My takedown moment, or well, my takedown just in general from SummerSlam, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I thought that match was so old school, but yet so enjoyable. Yes. Uh, and it's a great way because it makes both of them look strong and to keep that storyline going. When was the last time you saw in a championship match the, the finish as a backslide? I loved it. And a lot of people hated the fact that oh, uh, they were making fun of, oh, you didn't see it coming. Oh, what? They're not, using, they're not hitting a finisher on one another? I loved it. Loved because it, man. It makes... It makes them look stronger. You know, you're, you're not catching me with the RKO. You're not hitting me with the Claymore. So it makes the feud be able to last more, you know, because now it's like now you're anticipating the next match. and You're like, OK, when's the RKO coming? OK, is he going to hit him with the Claymore? And yeah, the old school finish 
I mean, that just that, that just takes you back to like SummerSlam '92, you know, with Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. Oh, one hundred percent. That's exactly what I was thinking of when I saw yeah. that. You know, it, it was and, just, and, yeah, it, it was classic wrestling. Yes, and it, and it was able at the same time for old school fans like me and you. Okay, it's able to prolong the feud, mm-hmm. and it leaves us. It's you know, it, it leaves us wanting more. The fact that they didn't hit a finisher on each other. Now it's you know the next match. Now. What's everyone going to be looking for? They're going to be anticipating the finisher from somebody's end. Um, I loved it. I loved the booking of it. Old school, great technical match. Uh, you know, two bigger guys in the ring like that being able to put on a nice little technical show. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing too. Like when you see men uh, wrestlers with their type of physique, you don't normally expect that type of match. You know, mm-hmm. and and the fact that they were able to deliver. And again, carry out the storyline. I mean, you saw what happened on Monday Night Raw. It's definitely escalated to another point, and it's going to carry out to probably at least Survivor Series. Yeah, I I, I hope so. The longer the feud, the more I love it, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just continuing to evolve. And what better way to do that than Randy Orton to give Drew McIntyre that that opponent? Because, you know, every champion just – every hero needs a joker. Every hero, uh, you know, they need a Lex Luthor. And I, I feel like for Drew McIntyre, as a formidable champion, he needs that that top heel. And what better heel right now than Randy Orton? Yes. And can I give an honorable mention about about the take that from SummerSlam? So, um, Dominic Mysterio. Okay. I was very surprised. I, I, you know, I, I know he's been training. You know, I, I know he has the family. But, I mean, the way he came out, he came out with a fast offense. He was hitting well-timed arm drags. And you look at him, he's six foot two. He's built as six foot two. So, I mean, he's over six foot. He doesn't have a body of somebody who can work a fast offense. I, I know. I, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's son is just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I mean, that match, I, I did not have a lot of expectations in that match at all. Me neither. Yep. And I have to say, like, kudos to Seth Rollins and to Dominic and to, to Rey Mysterio, Buddy Murphy, to everyone there. The commentary team, they, they sold it. So the emotion, the emotion, because you saw the action in the ring. That's one thing, yeah. right? But the, the heightened emotion of, like, you know, what's going on. Like, you know, I was never a big Rey Mysterio fan growing up. I've always been siding more so with the heels. Surprise, surprise. And here I am finding myself kind of rooting away for Dominic, rooting, rooting for Rey Mysterio because you see – you know, his father, Ray Mysterio, is being handcuffed, watching his son take a beating. And, and, yeah. and, and to get the, the stomp at the end, you know, you just feel, oh, damn, man. Like, you find That was yourself- one of those matches. Yeah, that was like one of those matches, like, going into it. I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, the worst match on the card. That match ended, and I was like, wow, I'm impressed. I'm yeah. impressed about everything. You know, I wasn't expecting that from him. You know, he doesn't look like that type of guy who's going to be able to do all that stuff he did in that match. And, and he, he did, and he did it very smooth. No, it looked it, smooth. It looked natural. Absolutely. I mean... I mean, look at his father. I mean, just the fact I wasn't a fan, I can't, I can't just say like you know, Rey Mysterio was awful in the ring. Rey Mysterio is one of the best little men to enter WWE ring, yes. hands down. I, I just never really could get behind his character for whatever reason. I just never connected to it. I'm uh, with I, you on that. I, I could always appreciate his in-ring work and Rey Mysterio. I mean, no better teacher right there than his father. So obviously, Dominic, he has this in his blood. And growing up in the business, I'm sure I'm sure you learned some things even from Eddie Guerrero growing up. Uh, who knows? You know, Mark, where do you see Dominic Mysterio's ceiling in the WWE? His ceiling? Oh man! Yeah, what's uh, his ceiling in the WWE? You know, I intercontinental think, champion. I I think it's too early to tell because you never know. Because you look at someone like Cesaro, right? Yeah. Uh, and right away, I mean, Cesaro to me like looks like a champion. He looks like a world champion. 
Uh, but yet, for whatever reason, you know, he he's never gotten even that opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's a six-time tag team champion, a former United States champion. I, I don't necessarily know if he's won the Intercontinental Champion. I can't remember. But, you know, he's always been that middle card guy. And that was always the ceiling when he deserves so much more. Yeah. You know, I, it's tough to say. You know, does Rey Mysterio's name give him some more clout maybe to get the, to get to that other level? Yeah. I, I, think I, I don't necessarily I think, know. I think he needs to work on his body more. I think he needs to take the next three or four years. Um, you know, work on his body, make him a believable champion because he has everything else. You know, he has the size, he has he has the blood, but that's the one thing I think he needs to work. You know, take a couple of years, work on his body, and, and just continue to do what he's doing, man, because he really impressed me on Sunday. He did. He absolutely did. And I don't necessarily know if that was more so Seth or Ray or just the storyline in general, but Dominic Mysterio, he, he surpassed expectations. I'll say that. Yeah. But moving on now to TV, a lot happened. Uh, Carson, what's your takedown moment this week? I'm getting right into it. All right. Come on. Tonight was one of my one of my biggest holy shit moments. By tonight, watching... he means Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> was one of the biggest moments I've like in terms of where my jaw just dropped. I was like, no effing way. I know. I man. loved it when it, when Big E beat the Miz. I I I couldn't believe. It. I thought for sure that. Wait, you're talking about something else? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on me, brother. Come on, get it out. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, arguably, arguably the best mouth on the mic, with arguably the best wrestler in the business right now, the top dog. Come on, man. That is a duo that I didn't see coming. Like, did you ever think Roman Reigns needed Paul Heyman? Yes. Did you ever think Paul Heyman needed Roman Reigns? Yes. I yes. I, I I actually not that I saw. But did you coming. ever think they were going to come together though? Yes. Um, think, I, in, in my really? head, in my head, it always made sense for them to come together. I, I didn't necessarily know if if WWE would have the balls to pull it off. To pull the trigger on this, but in my head, it always made sense. You know, with Paul Heyman's history with Roman Reigns' family in general, you know, and, and Roman Reigns, he need he needed that adjustment. He needed someone else. And at one point, they kind of teased it. You remember the last feud they had with Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar? It was kind of teased that this may happen down the line. I was like, no, no, because this just makes too much sense in my head. WWE's not going to do this. Yeah. How how could they do it? When he said it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. I was like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're not doing it. Camera pans. Boom. Yeah. It's Roman Reigns, the Paul Heyman guy. They did it. Yo, it's funny that you said you said the camera because the minute the camera moved, I was like, no. And then all of a sudden, of course, Paul Heyman's there, and he sells. Paul Heyman can sell the entire world with a facial expression. And uh, the way they just went with such a silent exit to the show like that, it was just oh, I got the goosebumps, man! I got the goosebumps. That that's that was that was big time. No, that that, that was that was huge. I, I I am so glad that they finally did this. And you know what? Even at SummerSlam, when Roman Reigns when he was talking, he was talking, moving away, he's moving. And by the way, Roman Reigns looks great. Uh, this is definitely yes. the best shape that we've seen him in uh, probably ever. Yeah, and uh, great teeth, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I I was noticing something. I couldn't help but thinking, even on Friday on SmackDown, I it just kept on playing in my head about Chris Jericho. What he said when if they allow Roman Reigns to be Roman Reigns, it's gonna be off the charts. Yeah, like there's just gonna be no stopping him, right? I saw what he's talking about. Finally, finally, I feel like we're getting Roman Reigns being a Roman Reigns. They're allowing him to be him. Now, do you think he's a heel though? 
We still haven't gotten that answer yet. I I don't know. You know, I, I at one point I was thinking after SummerSlam, I was thinking, you know, I think I'm getting a Stone Cold vibe here, like the 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 anti-hero, you know. But yeah. now with Paul Heyman there, different ball game. It, yeah, it, it's just it's very and different. He's just yeah, he's just still in the position now. You know, like the way he's booked for payback, like. You know, if Braun Strowman's toned that line of, of being a heel right now, I think you argue he probably is more of a heel than he is a face. The Fiend is is what he is, you know? I, I feel like as a fan, you know, you're supposed to hate him, but, like, come on, we all love him. And Roman Reigns, you know, now it's like, you know, does that match need a, you know, does that match need a face in it? Like, we don't know. We're not going to get the answer, you know, probably until I, next week. I think the natural now. answer is The Fiend. I, the fans, I mean, we we just love him for whatever reason. Maybe we're just, yeah. maybe it's just 2020 and we're just all in that sick, dark place <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> stockholm syndrome he, he goes to the time like you just go with it but you know i i have a feeling though we're just going to naturally gravitate towards roman reigns in this because what happened with stone cold when they turned him heel yeah how long did that really last i mean stone cold with that that whole promo was supposed to be heel and we just fed more and more into it because we loved it we love we love when people are organic you know we, yes. we love when people are are themselves even if you're a dick, there's a way to be a lovable dick. I've been called out all my life. I'm a lovable dick. <laughs> uh, you know, well, when... no, but you, but you bring up a great point when you say that because a lot of times in the wrestling business, especially WWE, how many times has somebody as a heel gotten over, right? Well, I was and about we to say, with Becky Lynch. And, and we just, yeah, and we just love it because, you know, he's so badass. I love that. And then they turn, then the old PCs, they see, they, they see the positive energy from the fans and all of a sudden they turn and face and all of a sudden they just lose steam because the reason why we fell in love with Stone Cold Steve Austin was because he was a badass but you know Carson I have to say my takedown moment of the week was Retribution Retribution we've been talking about for a while like Monday Night Raw and Smackdown it's just like two different versions of Retribution you know they're, they're not really doing anything big on Monday Night Raw it's more so on Smackdown but finally finally we saw it Retribution Ending the show strong, you know, beating down the, both Mysterios, uh, Ray and Dominic. I mean, that's usually something you see in SmackDown. I'm actually shocked going back on it. They, they didn't do anything at SummerSlam at all. I thought that was a missed opportunity. Uh, they didn't do anything to, uh, on Friday night at SmackDown. But, you know, Raw was enough for me to get my attention. Like, all right, finally, finally, you do something Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Retribution storyline as long as it ends the right way. Because here's the thing. Now there's too many people in retribution right now. I mean, you're seeing the numbers get larger and larger as the weeks go on for the most part. And I just want this to end the right way. And if I was booking, I would end it with somebody either making a debut or making a comeback or, you know, this is the almost like you saw with the dark war, the exalted one, right? Right. Something like that. You know, I, I don't want seven people getting over or eight people, six people debuting out of this or, or, or trying to get people over or onto the main roster from wherever. I want to see one person get over with this whole thing because the more people you involve in this to get over at the end of this, it's, it's you know, it's going to lose steam. I want one person in charge of this. Who do you think it is? Not who, who, not who do you want it to be? Who do you think it is? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, Come on, let's just let's get the skeleton out the closet here, or, or the, the elephant in the room, I should say. I we all want it to be CM Punk, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not CM Punk. Yeah, it's definitely not CM Punk. We we want it to be CM Punk so bad, but it's not him. Yeah. Uh, at one point, there after SummerSlam, there's speculation that maybe it's Roman Reigns that's behind this. Last week, we did see someone one one member of Retribution lay out a spear. Yeah, but see, see the problem I, with Roman Reigns being is that now you're taking two fire storylines right now, right? Yeah, and you're making it into one. Like you have two 
you have two must two must watch TV things going on right now, and I, I keep those separate, man. Like let both those build, you know, make it right. more watch must see TV. The only thing I hate though that WWE is doing, and and I, I I totally agree with this, is that they're playing Retribution off as as like you know something that that they don't want in the company. They like they don't want them ruining their shows. They don't want this. They hate them, right? You know, they keep showing replays celebrating you know their attacks on them. I kind of feel like if they went away from the replays, it would kind of make it more you know mysterious attack and more like who are these guys, you know, or, or girls, you know, yeah, there are girls in there. Yeah, obviously there are um, girls in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of just want them just and and. and Nothing too. The other week, when they were the first segment of the show, when they were like, "We have security guards guarding the SmackDown," and within five minutes, they're they're in the arena already. It's kind of illogical. Some of the things that they're, you know, how they're being booked in a way, you know, like for instance, you have security around your building, and the first five minutes of the show, they somehow get into the to the PC from two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, who knows, man? I mean, you see, like you said before, there there are a lot of them. I I, I want to show up. I, I want to see how it plays out personally. I want yes. I want to see already. Like I, I think they're they're flirting on a line here that it might be going too long without something big. They need something big. They need to do something different. Now we, we we've seen them attack main eventers. We've seen them attack the champions. I was oh, expecting. I, I was expecting it? drag it. What's that? I, I'm saying why rush it though? Drag it. I want this to last for a while. You know what? Slowly but slowly, they, super know, surely, make them more spotty. Slowly but surely, they need to they need to escalate their game. Maybe give a reveal to one lesser member, not necessarily the one behind it. You know, the reveal maybe like, I don't know Xavier Woods is a member. I, I thought in SmackDown, I thought they were going to do something Vince. I'm like, oh, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to, they're going to do something Vince. But no, no, I think they eventually will. That didn't happen. I think that that should happen. I, I even think you know, there's obviously women in Retribution. I, I think they should you know take over a women's match. They should invade that. You know, there's there's a lot of things that could they could be doing along the way. They do so they could drag it out a bit. But still keep us interested, so you can finally give that big payoff to whoever the hell yeah. is behind it. Well, and, and to me, less is more too. Like I don't need to see them on every show. I mean, quite frankly, I can go two weeks without seeing them, and all of a sudden they come back, and it's like, oh wow, they're here. They don't you know, I, you, strike when no one's expecting it. I agree. I, I not every show. I can excuse them not being on SmackDown on Friday, but to not do anything at SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I, I feel like something should have happened there. Personally. Well, well, if you think about if you just think about logical booking here, though, right? A lot of the things that Retribution is doing, right, has been at the end of shows for the most part, right? That's when they've been, you know, for the, I think other than one one SmackDown when they. No, I when feel they like it's been all season. over pretty much. Yeah, but now, but now, if, if they go into SummerSlam and they attack everybody at ringside, like where does that leave the rest of the show? It kind of takes away from the main event because now it's like is Retribution going to come back and it's taking away the interest from the main event, and I feel like the main event is what was. They had something huge planned. It was it was effective, and I think they wanted to make it about Roman Reigns. But you're going back to believe. If you want to go back to believability here, you know it's just it just makes no sense that you have this this anarchist group that for the biggest show of the summer that are maybe even bigger than WrestleMania this year because they did it at Thunderdome yeah. that they don't make an appearance at all. They they don't try to do anything and they don't try to hack even. Well, also too, you have payback coming up this Sunday. It could be saving you for that. Maybe, maybe, and that's what I'm hoping for. But Carson, we have to head into some closing thoughts here, man. I, I've been having a good time with you. I could talk wrestling with you all day, man. Hell of a show with you, man. I, I'm so glad you came on board with this. Yeah, man. I'm, I couldn't be happier, man, talking wrestling with you. Man, me, you can go all night if you want, man, talking this stuff. But um, my closing thoughts here. Uh, 
very interesting week of wrestling. We saw some debuts, you know, Dominic Mysterio. I guess we're going to call it a debut or a one-off. Uh, you know, Pat McAfee. We saw a very, very fun ending to not only SummerSlam, but to SmackDown. And even we saw a fun ending to Raw. Uh, with Retribution beat up on Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Wrestling business is in a good place right now. It's in a good place. There's some hot storylines coming up to take us into the fall season. And I, I I love it, man. I love everything going on in the business right now. I know everyone likes to always talk negative about the business on Twitter behind their keyboard, but I'm going to keep it real with you. We had a great week in the business, and we have a bright future coming up. Thunderdome's killing it. AEW's killing it. Uh, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see how this weekend unfolds with Payback. Amen to that, dude. And you know what? We also have indie wrestling coming back, as we talked about earlier before with Anthony Cole. BCW is coming back in a big, big way, bigger than ever. And on top of that, guys, we didn't talk about it before, but I'm going to mention it right now. When you get your tickets, you can also get a chance to go to our AEW Watch Party, hosted by Shot Wrestling, Jimmy J's very own special deal here he's got, where we actually have a no-ring death match. That's right, with PWI listed, Casanova Valentine. He's going to be facing off against Kit Osborne. Again, no ring death match in Atlantic City, baby. The watch party itself is actually going to be hosted by Tommy Dreamer and Anthony Gangone with his girl Valentina Vasquez as well as going to be in the house along with AEW All Out being played. I mean, you have all this going on. That's a party that I want to be at. What about you, Carson? I agree 100%, man. Get your tickets and have a blast, everyone. Hell yeah, you can get it on Eventbrite. You can check out uh, Shot Wrestling's page. You can check out Jimmy J's page uh, or even BCW. All the information is on there. It's all over social media. You can follow us, Shot of Wrestling, all across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We don't have a TikTok yet. That's me personally. If you want to check out my information, you can go to yourfavoriteactor.com. Carson, where can they check you out? They can check me out at Carson Niehoff. On Twitter, I am there. That's it? That's all you have is Twitter? My God, you're lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got Facebook, baby, and I got Instagram. But, you know, you, you'll catch some of my takes on Twitter. <laughs> there we go. All right, well, Best Carson, place to find me. Carson, thank you again for being on the show, man. Much love to you. I cannot wait to face you in fantasy football this year. My first time hosting a league. I'm going to dominate, as I always do. But, guys, make sure you stay tuned for a last call with Anthony Cole. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, guys. So if you've made it this far, it is last call. I'm here again with Mr. Anthony Cole. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, my man. Okay. So getting right to it. Who do you think is the best on the mic? You know what? I would say the best on the mic by far to me would be Davius Carter. Like, I had a feeling you say that. Yeah, Darius, he's something else, man. Every time I talk to Darius, I never know which Darius I'm going to get. You know, so it's like this guy. But, yeah, it's definitely Darius Carter. Who do you think has the best mind for wrestling? You know what? This is very interesting because I know there's people who are like, you know, do this for a living. And they are, you know, magnificent at what they do. But the people that I've come in contact with, the person I would say that has the best wrestling mind to me would be Shane from NYWC. Okay. Shane, Shane has been my mentor since I entered this industry. And, um, man, I, I've learned so much from him. Not just, like, how to put on a show, but the 
background stuff of what goes on with the financials, with the contracts and things of that nature. So from the people that I've been in contact with, I would say Shane. Who is, in your mind, the biggest star in wrestling history? In my mind, the biggest star in wrestling history is my favorite wrestler of all time. Hey Andre baby, I hear the bell oh, ring, hit, hit tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> I think I just made I, I made Mr. Anthony Cole blush a little bit here. <laughs> wow, wow! You know who is my celebrity crush? Angela Bassett. I have been in love with Angela Bassett all my life. Like, oh my god! I remember growing up, my my dad was so in love with Tina Turner, and when Angela Bassett did "What's Love Got to Do with It," I was like. I was smitten like that. <laughs> now, I, I, I've seen. Go ahead. I, I, I don't want to, you know, cause any bad blood between us right now, but I think you're going to hate me. Uh, so, was it two years ago? I actually had a scene with Angela Bassett where I got to dance with her. Wow. So, I, I, wow. Uh, it was for a movie called Otherhood, which is on Netflix right now. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, but, I'm going to check that out. What is it called? Otherhood? Uh, Otherhood, yeah. And you're in it? I, I had a small scene in there. I had a small part where I, I was a, I was dancing with Angela Bassett. I'm going on Netflix right now, Mark. <laughs> I got to see this. The Schwann and only. I got to tell you, man, she had moves. Now, look, if you're too close up on her, though, I'm going to have to take you off the show. I was I was pretty close right up on her after she gave me a little playful slap there. <laughs> Mark, I'm so jealous. Uh, dude. That, I, oh, man. But, you know, I, I guess she was so cool. And I had mm-hmm. I had no idea. It was like it was just a few days before her what was her her fiftieth birthday or something like that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like I was like, damn, this girl, this woman, like, just like looks phenomenal. It's, yeah. And Beautiful. she was in great shape. She was keeping up. It was awesome. Well, good stuff, man. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome. I hope we're cool. I hope we're cool. <laughs> we cool. We cool. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna end off in this. Is there anything cool? Who is the toughest competitor? In your mind, I would have to say Stone Cold. Okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ever, I mean, I've looked at Stone Cold. Remember, he had the blonde hair, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you would never think that that guy would become the this Texas guy, rattlesnake, right? right? The Texas rattlesnake, right? So I just look at him like, wow, Stone Cold. Like so many people tried to count him out, and you know. I'm just like, you fought not only like to, to, to be a, a star when nobody thought you could do it, and then you managed to improve your character mm. as time went on, you know? So I think that that takes a mental toughness as well as a physical toughness. So when I look at him, and I mean, there are a lot of people who've done that, but just for me, remembering like the stuff that Stone Cold went through, like it was, it was impressive to me. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, mental toughness, you can't count that out. And then also on top of that, like just overall toughness, the, the dude finished a match with a broken neck with Owen with Hart. With a broken neck, right. And, and then mm-hmm. like came back from neck surgery and was still able to compete on a very high mm-hmm. level. So, you know, yep. 
yeah, definitely strong choice right there, Stone Cold. But Mr. Anthony Cole, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. And for everyone back home listening, Shot of Wrestling, make sure you tune in to us. We're actually taking off next week for Labor Day weekend. But week after that, we will be back in action. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Shot of Wrestling all across the board on social media. Tune in next time. Schwan is out.